Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for influencers here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And as we said, we were going to be sharing some of the talks from the Women's Summit a few weeks ago. And uh, we have another one that we want to share with you today. This is a talk that Rocky and I did uh, on the Saturday morning of the event where we start diving into what is this thing that we always call DNA. And I know it seems like we... Uh, we beat a dead horse with this uh, topic, but yet it's it's so important. And we wanted to make sure, as we had an audience of some of the leading ladies from around the country, that they we want to make sure they got it. So uh, Rocky and I did it almost uh, as almost like a podcast interview where we're I'm interviewing Rocky and we talked about different points about it. So anyway, so hopefully this will be helpful to you. And again, this uh, applies to the men as well as it does to the women. It's it's the heartbeat of our ministry. So listen, enjoy as we talk about the DNA explained. Well, uh, this morning, uh, we want to talk a little about uh, about the DNA of the ministry. I told you last night, we're going to start diving into a little bit about things that we think are very important to the ministry. And uh, when we did the men's gathering, we had Greg Hewitt, one of our board members, um, who uh, did a great job, and uh, he couldn't be here today, so you're stuck with Rocky and I, but uh, we feel like we know a little bit about the DNA, and uh, so uh, we thought, as we thought about doing this together, we thought, really, this is kind of like what we do in the podcasts. Does anyone listen to our Influencers podcasts? All right, good. You know, we put these things out there. We don't know who listens to them. We, you know, we like them, but we don't know if anyone else likes them. Um, <laughs> Um, the reason we do those, the, the, that got started really when I came on staff with influencers and, and I office with Rocky and I'd just be sitting around, we're just talking and Rocky's just downloading wisdom to me and I'm going, what? God, other people need to hear this, not just me. I wish I have a GoPro on my head or something to record this, you know, and share with other people. So we decided to start doing a podcast where I could interview Rocky and all that. So now we have all this uh, wisdom captured on audio for the future generations to come. So, so what we do is we just gather in our office. If you saw our, our studio set up, it's really fancy. I mean, it's we have a cardboard box that I wrote Influencers Network podcast on, and uh, we have a little recording device about this big, and we set it there, and we tape, we lock the door, and we put a little sign that says, "Please don't come in. We're recording," and that's that's the our studio. If any of you've ever seen the movie Oh Brother. Where art thou? Yeah. Singing in the can. Well, that's what we do is talking in the can. <laughs> we is real professional. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we are uh, a grassroot, <laughs> grassroot basic ministry. <laughs> Rocky said that cardboard box is going to go in the influencers museum someday. You know, hundred years from now. Um, so anyway, what we do is we sit down and uh, we kind of have a general idea what we're going to talk about, but we start with a prayer. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to start with a little prayer. So, and I always start and Rocky finishes. So, uh, Father, I just, uh, Lord, we, again, we, anytime we're communicating, we just want to be your messengers. We just want to speak, Holy Spirit, what you would have us speak. 
and we just come uh, by faith believing that somebody needs to hear something, and, and we hope that we can share what they need to hear, Lord. And so today we're going to talk about the DNA of this ministry, and Lord, you're the author of the DNA of this ministry, so help us communicate what you gave Rocky uh, 20 years ago, and even before that, actually, 40 years ago probably, and uh, the thing that we're trying to share with every journey group and every person that we come in contact with. So just bless this time, Lord. Let it be what it needs to be for your glory. In Jesus' name. Before this uh, coming out here, we had the prayer team prayed over us and, and asked for the anointing, uh, which I depend on so greatly, Lord. And uh, when they got through, the first thing I said is, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> because I'm going to hear what you say. And that, that seems to be what happens, is that when we're willing to say, hey, I, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And when we're willing to come before you and say, uh, here I am, Lord, speak. Speak to me, speak through me. And uh, let me represent you well. And so that's what Brian and I ask right now. We uh, share things that you've taught us. We know that you breathe into the moment. And there's a moment right now that's been created that's to take what we're going to say and breathe into it. <laughs> uh, breathe into somebody right here who's been touched not only in their own personal uh, life to know you better but also Lord to make you known and these rep these women represent the, the a history lesson in influencers it's the beginning of something magnificent uh, and they will come from this place and if they have been touched by you then they will take that with them and it will be planted elsewhere. And you have shown us these last 20 years how important it is to keep our North Star, which is the DNA. Because you, you, anoint, you anoint it when we stay. Stay tight to that. And DNA is, is oftentimes hard to understand unless you've been immersed in it in our our boards, they, they are beginning to understand it, and I'm so grateful because I, I really had a hard time even personally trying to say what it is that they help now. So I ask you to help Brian and me to, to, to try to describe a mysterious thing. And uh, it's going to require you to work in these women's hearts to, to receive what you'll say. So I put them before you and us before you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So, Rocky, uh, as we talk about DNA, I was thinking the exact same thing that you were thinking, is that it is kind of hard to explain. It's, it's almost like trying to explain abiding. It's a little bit difficult to explain sometimes. Um, so when, when Greg Hewitt gave his talk, he, he dove into kind of the, the scientific explanation of DNA and kind of about the genetic imprint that each person has and that there's, there's kind of an imprint upon this ministry 
that we would call DNA. You know, and you've been talking about DNA ever since I've known you. You know, since I came into this ministry. So, just plainly speaking, what do you? If you were going to define DNA, what would you? How would you describe DNA? Abiding in Christ and everything that comes out of it. Okay. Okay. It's about that intimate uh, connection that we have with Him, and how we hold true to that in everything we do from that point. And as uh, journey group leaders, to be able to be effective in conveying it, we've got to have it. We've got to know it. We've got to know what we're talking about. Now, I will say this, that a lot of journey group leaders, and I have been one of them at, at one time, and that is in the very first one, I said there's more of, there's more of me that he wants and there's more of him I need. And so I'll help you if you'll help me. So I didn't have it figured out, but I was on on the trail, and I and I were were leading these men to where I wanted to go. And that's what we do as guides: we lead them to where we want to go. And when we begin seeing it and seeing him, we're saying, "Now I want to show you what I'm seeing." And so it all begins there, Brian. It begins with the individual having that intimate connection with Christ. Now, understand that what we do as a discipleship ministry is our mission is to get someone in close proximity with Christ. It's not to build a ministry and it's not to attract people to us, it's to attract people to Jesus. So our mission is there. So therefore, what we do is this vertically oriented, grace-driven grace-driven because He is a gracious God. And we've got to convey what, the way He does things. You know, speaking into the current lifestyles and things that are out there, some people would say that, well, Jesus doesn't want this person to come to Him because their sin is too great. I say to them, Jesus said for all of us to come to Him. He has a wide open arms, all come to Him, and He is the one that does the transformation, not me. I don't transform me. I don't tell anybody the way they're to believe or what to do. I just want to get them to Jesus. And Jesus is the great transformer. DNA. So it's a vertical orientation, grace-driven, oriented from my own perspective of Jesus where He comes and says, come and learn. Now reach back and help. So that's the fundamental foundation that we'll start with right there, DNA. Yeah, I was thinking about a book that I read years ago called It, and it was uh, talking about how some churches have it and some churches don't have it. And they were talking about the it factor and that, you know, that a church, it was the context of church leadership, but they were saying that churches need to know what they were called to, what their calling was, what their mission is, and that most church members don't even know what the mission of their local church is. They couldn't, if you asked them, they couldn't state it. And so thinking about our organization, you know, there, there's a certain it factor that God downloaded to us, and we think it's very important to guard it and to, uh, for future generations to come, because we've seen other ministries who lost their it. They lost their DNA because Rocky calls it ministry drift. Um, you know, they just, they get off course. They start getting away from the, the thing that, God created them to do. And so, so this is the kind of stuff we want to get into a little bit. Um, we asked Rocky, uh, we asked you to write down 
write down the DNA. You know, would you write it down? And so Rocky wrote a little document that we, we call the DNA document. I, th I can't remember. Jamie, is there a copy in their, in their packet? It's in your packet. Okay. So you can kind of look at this later. But he, he, he approached it from three different areas. Uh, and it was um, our leadership of the ministry, kind of how we're structured and all that. The DNA works its way into that. It definitely works its way, its way into the journey process that we want to guard uh, because it's it's a, kind of a sacred thing to us. The, the journey, obviously, is the, the backbone of, of how we do things. Um, and then how we expand forward, how this thing, how Rocky was seeing this thing expanding in the future. We have to have the DNA in all those facets. So let's just start with our leadership, Rocky. How does this DNA, this vertical orientation, work its way into how we're structured, how we're organized? They may not even really understand how we're organized. Well, yeah, good. Uh, well, all of our, we have a global board is the first thing that, that we have as far as leadership with, the, uh, with influencers. And then in each region, we'll have a regional board. Uh, and, and then you will have staff oftentimes that are in those boards. So we have a decentralized model, and that was determined 20 years ago when this ministry began, that we are not trying to build, um, we're not trying to build a ministry. We're trying to empower a message. We're trying to release a movement. And, and we're not here to build our kingdom we're here to build god's kingdom and so the the expansion model has always been decentralization but at the same time holding true to the dna is extremely important because that's our north star now i'll tell you this a few years ago i had a man that i knew that had one time been a pastor and then he he became a uh, kind of life coach and he was working with another ministry doing that and he was very frustrated uh, with what his life was, where he was going, what he was doing. He, he had, had had a sincere effort to want to be in ministry, and he had gone to seminary, had been trained in ministry, but it just wasn't doing it for him. And he said, you know, I would like to be a part of something that's anointed. And I, I told him, I said, well, look, you want to, if you want to be a part of something anointed, then here's what you do. You do what Jesus said do, and you do it the way he said do it. And he anoints that. He said, you know, ask anything according to my will to be done for you. Now, we've been given a tremendous resource there, but we've got to be on track with what he wants, right? Doesn't that make sense? Now, we know he said go and make disciples. Duh. He's going to anoint that effort. He says, teach them what I've taught you. Duh. What did he teach them? Well, abide in me, you'll bear fruit. So we kind of back this thing down and we understand the dynamics. The DNA of making disciples is the authenticity that we have as disciples, that we have learned something with him as we have been with him. Then we reach back and we help others. Now, this is our leadership team. Our leadership teams have been developed through the journey. They came through the journey where their, their souls and spirit were connected in an abiding relationship with Christ. 
then they began to reach back and help build journey groups by taking men and women through journey groups. And then they began to be coaches as they saw these people reproducing and reproducing. And before long, we are able to observe that God had chosen these people for leadership. And we asked them to come on. So they were grown up through it. They understand the DNA and they protect the DNA. You, talk, you heard me talk about soul health first night. Whenever is it more important that our, our leaders be soul healthy because what kind of wisdom will they have if it's hindered? But what kind of wisdom will they have if they have an intimate relationship with Christ? And so when you have a team of people whose mission it is to make disciples, to teach them what they are learning about abiding in Christ, and then they are coming together in prayer. And that is the great empowerment of this ministry is our prayers. We ask, we seek, and we are given. And the, and the reason why, Jesus said do it. Right? He anoints what He says do. So we do what He says do, and He has anointed the ministry. He's raised up the leaders. I began the first year when I knew that God had, had, had given something great here, and I knew that I'm more near man I'm still the kid from Mississippi that grew up kind of feeling uh, like I'm lesser than most people. And uh, then I began to process through that whole aspect of trying to make myself greater by the things that I would do. And I was athletics, then business, but I never got it out of me. I was never able to get that little boy out of me that felt like he was undeserving. <laughs> That's that orphan spirit. And then Jesus. Then he, then he taught me about the adoption. He taught me about the, the sonship. He taught me about my identity. And when I began to see that, I began to understand more people like me were out there. And started speaking into their lives and showing them where they're going to find their answers. And as I did that, he started raising up an army raising people around to be the leaders that I prayed for, who, who he called. And every one of them, every one of these people understand that our North Star is Jesus. Our way is abiding in him. And we do that by personal abandonment and absolute trust. But when we get to that point where we're able to say, it's not what I can do for you, but what you can do through me, is we're empowered for ministry. And so that's DNA. Well, and, and Rocky was a very successful athlete, and he was a very successful business guy, and he's a very strong personality. But as long as I've known him, he has checked that at the door. And as a matter of fact, when he started the very first board, when they decided we need to organize this thing and make it a 501c3 back in the early days, um, all these guys who he'd led through the journey, he invited the, some of these to be on the board. And he saw them all change when they got around the board table. Like all of a sudden they start, <laughs> you know, we're going to show Rocky all our wisdom and all that. And he's, he had to call, guys, time out. I didn't ask you to be on this board because you're, you know, great businessmen and wise. I asked you to be on the board because you're godly men. So let's check all that at the door and let's start over. And let's let's go, you know, let's go and be about what Jesus wants and not, you know, what we can come up with. And you know, that holds true to this day. 
as we start new regions and each region has their own board, um, we're always drilling that into them. Guys, you, you're going to have to fight against this because you're going to get a lot of very capable men around the table and they got all these great ideas and, and you can real quickly get away from what God wants and what and start getting to what we, we think we want. And uh, you saw our org chart, right? It's that upside down. It's all about abiding. It's about letting everything be driven by that, you know, and, and it's a challenge all the time, especially for men. You ladies probably won't have that problem, but you know, men, men do. Um, well, we'll, we'll have and flow out of this because remember, <laughs> Spirit's calling the audibles on all this stuff, right? That's so, right. That's right. Uh, you know, some of, most of you have gone through the journey and some of you have not. So I'll just say this, you know, there are three segments is enlightened. And this is getting to know the intimate God because a lot of people don't think that God is an intimate God. They think he's a God way out there. They believe in him. They'll worship him. Uh, but they don't know him. And getting to know him as he is causes us to love him. Right? The more we know him, the more we love him. The more we love him, the more we want to be with him the more we want to bring a smile to his face. And then this is where joy stirs up within us and then joy bubbles out of our life because we get to know him. But then the second part of it is enabled. Enabled is because in that intimate relationship with him, as you know, we come to abide with him and one of the fruit, the first fruit of abiding, and he said it, if you abide in me, you bear fruit is a transformed life. The fruit of the Spirit begins to be evident in our life. starts taking over. Now the fruit of the Spirit will engage and enable the gifts of the Spirit. Now without the fruit, they will be unable to be activated. First uh, Corinthians 13 says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, have not love, it accomplishes nothing. It goes on and talks about several gifts Without love, it accomplishes nothing. So the point being is that it is that abiding relationship that creates the fruit that enables the gifts. And guess what happens when you have a man or woman who abides in Christ and the gifts are enabled? What do you have? You have a laborer. Jesus says, pray for laborers because the harvest is great and labors are few. And what is a laborer? A laborer is one who's able to reproduce after themselves. They play their part. Not everybody has the same gift. You have some of the gift of evangelism, some of the gift of leadership, some of the gift of teaching, some of the gift of helps and mercy, intercession and prayer. But we all work together. And so when you see, I see this out here. I see multi-gifted women that when you are having your gifts enabled and you're joining together, then you become a powerful force. And that's what's happened with influencers to this point, is that he is showing us that he's raising up a powerful force because we learn to walk with Jesus. And that's DNA. And Rocky's been praying from the very beginning that God would raise up leaders to help bring this thing forward you right. know wherever we, god wanted to take it and he's been doing that and i would say 95 percent of the people that are leaders in this ministry are volunteers 
It's a, it's a very small st paid staff. More than that, actually. Probably more than that, yeah. yeah. Probably 98%, yeah. I mean, most of all of you here are leaders, but you're uh, very few on staff, just a handful of us. So anyway, um, because you're, do you're not doing it to get a paycheck, you're doing it out of just serving him, you know, and, and abiding out of your abiding relationship. So, and we see it, we see God raising up people all over the place and, and it's just beautiful, you know, so God's answering that prayer. So, so we'll, we'll be talking more this afternoon about the leadership stuff, but to, let's transition to the second pillar, if you will, that Rocky addressed in the document, which is the actual journey process itself. Um, why, why is it important to protect that, the DNA of that? And, and then we'll talk about what some well, of the DNA points of that are. Well, it's strange. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what I had when God gave it to me. It's been after 20 years I'm starting to see more and more about everything, including the books, that he gave something that I didn't necessarily knew all of it at the time. And it's being revealed more and more. But there's something he revealed early on. And it's caused us to protect the journey. Uh, the journey is a process, not a program. It's not a Bible study, but, but we, we study the Bible. It's not about the, uh, the accumulation of theology, but an activation of the heart. But we can't get to the heart without the theology. It's just that it, we don't stop at the theology. We've got to let the process work its way on down, because when it comes here, then it gets out. That makes sense? All right, so uh, there are a lot of people that don't necessarily understand that or agree with it, especially if they're program-driven. And early on, we began to see people that had a better idea how to make this mouse box. You know, they said, well, uh, we can eliminate that. We don't need that part of it, and we can speed it up with this part. There's a reason it's nine months. You can do it in probably six weeks if you want to just get on it and check it out check off the, 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 the spaces and everything else. I mean, we've had people that try to do that and it never reproduces. Never, never reproduces. When, a, when you have a healthy journey group, it's an organism. And when an organism is healthy, the organism will reproduce. The church, the body of Christ, is an organism. It's not an organization. And when we began to try to create an organism to be an organization, it doesn't reproduce. It falls short. All you have to do is look around you. You see that by many ministries that become more organizational-driven and corporate-driven rather than staying with their roots. And that is the intimacy with Christ that He has given us. We've got to our roots. So the point being is that the journey has been revealed to be a, a little bit of a slow process where you have foundation upon foundation on foundation. Now, as a businessman, I don't know why God chose me to do this. I really don't. I'm the most reasonable, unreasonable guy that you could ever imagine. But uh, through the part, agony of trying to <laughs> my own uh, processing of many choices that I made that I didn't like and then hurt me and then victimization of other things too just getting through life there was a there was pushing me always to him to try to find answers and it was in that process that God began to show me there were foundations that I needed to build on to be able to understand this 
invitation that he was giving me. One was the foundation of the Word of God is real. I mean, there's more to it than just the blush, first blush, that there's something deeper below it. So early on, I began journaling more and more and more about these Scriptures. What do they mean? How does it apply to my life? What do I do with it? What is God saying to me? What's my response? Because I, I, I realized that something's going on there, and then I began to understand that He was creating conversation where He'd speak to me, and I'd speak to Him, and He'd speak to me, and I'd speak to Him, and then i react. Or act. Process has always been a part of the growth of a Christian in getting to know Jesus. It's not going to be programmed. It's not going to happen that way. It's a process of revelation, of discovery, and embracing, and reacting to it. And the journey is a process that introduces steps of understanding, layers a foundation that you build on and then eventually it creates a spiritual epiphany that says I know what I need and that's him and it takes time and we've seen people that try to shortcut that try to program it I used to worry about it thinking well you know that's going to be reproduced and it's not going to be the journey and all that well the Lord said don't worry about it it won't reproduce it falls to the wayside. There's something supernatural that, that we've discovered. And I don't know why. I, I, I don't know fully why, except that, that we're just trying to get people to close proximity with Christ. That's our mission. And the process is, is uh, we, we know that the Lord says that it will work if you stay with it. If you stay with it. And so this man especially has been really interested, uh, concerned about training in such a way that it imparts DNA. Not to create a rigid schedule. It's not legalistic, but it's like that sailboat, right? It's like the sails to get in the wind of the Holy Spirit and let him drive us along. And I, it's mysterious, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain a mystery, and I, I'm probably not doing a good job of it either, unless you've been there and you're understanding it. But we're wanting to enable the mystery of God to have His way in our lives. And we're highly dependent on the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, Pete McKenzie, my friend in California, when he first came on board with us in, in 2005, I think it was, and he had been in, in men's ministry for years. He'd been a pastor in a church. He'd been a navigator. He'd been a foreign missionary. He so he'd done a lot of studies. And so he was doing the journey. And he told me, he says, hey, Rocky, he says, I'm scared to death. I mean, this journey thing scares me stinking to death. I said, well, why is that, Pete? He says, well, he says, we tell them that our only mission is to get them to Jesus. And if he's not there, we don't have anything else, else to offer him. <laughs> I don't like that. That's too vulnerable. But isn't that what we do oftentimes? In theory? But in practice, we get scared. And I, I said, Pete, you know, you know what I'm going to say here. You're all in, aren't you? Yeah, I'm all in. You all in with Jesus? Yeah. Will you trust him? Yeah, let's trust him. 
when we point somebody to Jesus, he'll be waiting for them. We can count on that. And we're sold out to that. Well, um, I've led 17 journey groups and uh, with men, most, mostly with men, but I've led about five or six couples groups. I've led women too. And uh, I can say this, Rocky won't say this, but I can say this. The process is anointed. The actual process, the manual. Um, Rocky was talking about how many books he'd written and, and I thought he was getting the count wrong because there was one extra book than what I knew about. And I was like, what's he talking about? And I realized the manual itself is the most important book that he wrote. That, that, you know, that spiral bound nine month manual. That's the most important book. All those other little stories, everyone loves those and everyone talks about those, but people don't talk about the manual very much because it's a little harder work, right? That's more of a commitment. People would love to just camp out in the stories and, and the game and all that, which we love. And they're, they're, he wrote those just to make theological points, to help people, under, like parables, you know. But um, I really think the process is anointed because when I've led it the way God downloaded it to Rocky, I've seen the fruit. I've seen transformation. And so I just always tell people all the time, just follow the process, just trust it. I had to. When I went through it, I didn't know anything else. So I just had to follow the way it was written. And uh, there's a lot of other leaders who would tell you the same thing. Um, so, and we'll probably, this afternoon we'll talk a little bit about, you know, flexing the form versus the function and all that kind of stuff, you know, because there a lot of creative ideas come and that's okay. You know, guides are going to guide out of their own spiritual gifts and all that. But trust, trust the process is what I would say. Um, and it, because it works. Um, um, anything else, Rocky, I mean, on the actual journey process that you would, are thinking of or you think that's? Well, I think that as we have began to look at this more and more, we begin to understand that the journey is actually, as should always have been, and God has now made it clear to us, the journey is a two-year process, not a nine-month. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, go back to what Jesus says, go and make disciples. Well, who, who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. So a disciple makes disciples. But to make disciples, you need to be discipled. So it's really a one-two thing, isn't it? So the journey is about taking someone and investing our life into them as guides. And we have to alter our life now. I've gotten to the point where I'm telling people now, look, I'm getting ready to spend the rest next nine months of my life altering everything I do around you. And I'm expecting you to alter yourself around you and match me what I'm going to do for you. Because I'm going to ask them for a commitment. Not, not to me. I'm, that's not it. This is not a military operation here. This is, this is just speaking truth. But I also tell them I'm going to pour into you and I'm going to allow the Lord to use me to help you to come close proximity with him. And, and in that, you're going to understand what being a disciple is. And that's a man or woman who walks with Jesus. But then I'm going to ask you to make a commitment that when you get through with this, that you will go and join somebody else and make disciples. Now, 
it would be good if everybody would take that and go and, and start a journey group. And we've seen that happen with a lot of people. It's an organism and it's reproduced that way. So I'd start a second year. But not everybody is necessarily called to lead a journey group. And I'm okay with that. As long as they're using their spiritual gifts and as long as their love is being expressed somewhere out there. The second year that we had a journey group, there was a man who was in that journey group who had he was an alcoholic he called himself an alcoholic but he hadn't 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 had a drop of alcohol in like 10 or 12 15 years something like that and he had come to know christ uh, and then shortly after coming to know christ he came into the journey and then he was pretty fresh and we were able to speak to, into his life about this relationship he had with jesus and we got through, and I was challenging the guys, and this was before we, I was telling them to have a two-year commitment, because this was only the second year, and about 18 years ago. And uh, he came up to me, he said, look, he said, you've been talking about expressing outward that which is going on inward. Because, you know, Gabe's principles, the influence is to be a, a God-seeker, a God-abider, and live it out, right? Live it out. And he says... I don't, I, I want to live it out, but I want to do it a little differently. I said, well, okay, what is it? He said, well, I'm alcoholic. I said, okay. He said, I've heard about Celebrate Recovery. I said, well, yeah, what about it? And he said, well, they're out in Saddleback. Now, we're talking about 18 years ago, okay. I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I want to go out there and I want to get trained for it. I want to bring it back to my church at Fellowship Bible. So Larry Trice and Terry Little went out to California, got trained to celebrate recovery, and brought it back to Fellowship Bible in Northwest Arkansas, and it's probably one of the leading celebrate recoveries in the country. Just because a man said, I want to live it out. So it's not a matter of reproducing the process of the journey although we would love for you to do it because it enables so many people to come and walk with jesus and, and influence their world around them but to live it out is is to express outward that which is going on within us and that's dna and this is what we're trying to do is keep it in dna well, and, and, you know, the question comes up all the time. So are you guys going to work on some new curriculum, you know, like Journey 2.0 or graduate study of, of the Journey? We get questions like that all the time, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we did. We came out with Journey 2.0, and they're like, really? And I, yeah. Journey 2.0 is when you go and guide a group. That's when you're really going to get the journey. You won't get it until you go guide a group. And, uh, and if you're asking that question, you probably didn't get it the first time. And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, it's kind of funny, but, um, but, but you know, there's another, just one little role that I think that it's emerging. Um, when Jesus took the first 12 through the first journey group, um, he, he spent a lot of extra time with Peter, James, and John. Do you remember that? I mean, he was always pulling them aside and taking them on little side missions and spending time talking to them. Those are the ones with him in the garden, even at the very end. Um, well, they became the key, some of the key leaders in the future church right so i think out of every journey group you need to be you as a guide need to be thinking about who are my three who are my peter james and john and and men, becoming a guide mentor is a really important role 
And as, as regions emerge and all that, even some people may take a break off of guiding for a year to mentor some of the leaders. And that's a very important role because who's pouring into the, the guides, right? And, uh, and keeping the DNA intact and all that. So be thinking about that too as a, as a place you can serve. You know? Another thing that's emerging is prayer. Uh, more and more prayer in the regions and, and a, a concerted prayer effort. Uh, we've had a ton of prayer that's gone into this event, I can tell you. And we're like, why should it just be for this event? Um, I've had a few people say, we need more prayer in our region, like just on an ongoing basis. So, were you going to say something? Well, uh, I've heard it so many times, and you have too, that people have gone through the journey, says they got this much, but when they led somebody else through the journey, they got this much. Yeah. Uh, it just drove it home. And we have... We have uh, people that have led 26, 20 journey groups. There's a, a lady back in Northwest Arkansas, Regina Sewell, which she would be here with you to, today, except that they're having a, a, a birthday for their son and they felt like they needed to be there for that. But Regina leads five journey groups a week. And so, and point being I, I wouldn't even do that <laughs> but the point being is that um, I ask these people why why do you do this I mean why do you keep doing it and, and inevitably they say because it's fresh and it's new and it's living and I'm always reading something that my life has had some experiences that makes me understand this better now and, and this is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's always growing us. And I'm 77 now, and I'm finding that I'm getting still great downloads from the Lord about, uh, you know, how much He needs to work on me <laughs> and help me see some things that, that I'm not seeing. But he, He's faithful to do that. But uh, anyway, the, the fact is, is that the reproduction process is organic, and we get to keep back to that. And if we keep the organism uh, healthy at the roots, then it's going, to, it's going to work its way out to the surface. And, um, and that's why we're always talking DNA. Yeah. And by the way, I do want to say this. I used to feel like if I took someone through the journey and they wanted to go back through it again, that I had failed somehow as a guide or, or something. But I think it's what he said. Sometimes they just get a little bit of it, and, and maybe they didn't apply themselves the first year or whatever. It's okay. I think it's okay for them to go back through it again. I'd rather them do that than just go fade away and get isolated again. So, all right. So, uh the last part of the DNA that Rocky felt important to write about in the DNA document was looking ahead, what does this mean for our expansion? You know, as the ministry grows, you know, not losing our heart as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? That's, that's usually when the trouble starts is when people start getting bigger and they get the big head or they think, oh, man, look what we did. You know, well, this is great. And uh, it's very important to guard the DNA as we expand. So what are a few points that you would say about as new cities arrive and all that how is dna important to that and well if you have a, a particular plant that reproduces it's going to reproduce plants right and so we want it plants after its own self if it's an apple tree it's going to be reproducing an apple tree and such and uh, we believe that this dna this this ministry that god has formed can be 
reproduced all over the world if we stay true to our core, if we stay true to our heart, if we keep to the North Star. And so as a result, whenever we expand, we are very, very uh, serious about making sure that all of our regions, our branches, would understand the most important things because why? What we're looking for, what do they want? They want the anointing. And see, the Lord has shown us that the, the anointing is, become, is coming because of the way we're doing this. He's inspired this and we're staying true to it. And so our mission is to help those people who are taking this outward away from where we are to understand it. Now, this applies to you because you are a branch of this ministry. The branch of this ministry is the women's ministry that is, that is forming. And you are the forming mothers right here. You're the ones that God is going to form and take this thing outward, and we're going to support you in it. We're going to fan your flame. We want this to happen big time. But we also need you to understand that though your form is different, Okay? The form of a women's ministry is going to be different than the form of a man's ministry. But the core and the heart is the same. So we, we want to make sure you understand the core and the heart. And then at the, at the same time, use the creativity and the God leadership that He's going to give you as you seek Him to form how you live out, out there, how you take it out there. Now, all you have to do is look at the different regions of influencers, and you can see the different forms. You go to Memphis, you go to Tulsa, you go to Northwest Arkansas. You're going to see something similar because we're kind of central southern states. You get out in California and Bakersfield, you're going to see something different out there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very large ministry. It's a very broad uh, gathering ministry. And, and Les has told me, he says, we do M6 and M24 and, and solely business and beloved because these are own ramps to get people into the journey. So they have own ramps that they create out there that other people haven't. We're learning from them as well. I'm sure they've been learning from us about the need to protect the DNA. But the point being is that in each region, we're going to give them the ability to flex. We always say, uh, hold true to the DNA and then let God lead you the way you're going to impact. So form is flexible. DNA is non-negotiable. Okay? So we're going to help you understand DNA because that's the empowerment that's the anointing that will come on your ministry. But we want you to prayerfully con con uh, to consider, you consider how to reach women. You know, I, I will say this. Um, every, every time new people come into the ministry, our DNA is, is challenged because everybody brings their own preconceived ideas about what they think it is. They, they maybe hear something about the journey. It's attractive to them. They want to be part of it. And I mean, we've had a lot of really talented, great men uh, that'll come in who lead their men's ministry at their church. And they're like, oh, this is great. We're going to have a cookout. We're going to have praise and worship. And we're going to have sign up tables. And man, I expect 12 to 20 groups to start this year. And we're like, hold on, big boy. <laughs> we have a phrase, start small, go deep, 
and pray big. Say it again, right? <laughs> start start small, small, go deep, pray, pray big. big. How about if you start one group? Once you start one group and pray for the right men of that first group, build a good deep foundation, then let it reproduce from there. And it's so hard for men to do that. They're like, well, that seems like lesser than. I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, w one year I got an order. We got an order in Rocky and I are like, who is this? Someone ordered 100 journey packs from Portland, Oregon. And we didn't even, neither one of us knew who, who it was. We're like, who is this ordering 100 journey packs? So I found out, you know, who, who the church, and it was a pastor. And I talked to the pastor. He said, yeah, we were just looking for a discipleship uh, program. And we found you guys online, and it looked pretty good to us. So we just, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're starting 10 groups. I'm like, wow, well, you know, can, can we come alongside you and do a little training with you? I mean, we're, we applaud you, you know, but can we help you a little bit? Oh, we got it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and uh, what do you do, you know? I mean, I was excited about the order, but I... I was a little worried about what was going to happen, and sure enough, about a month later, he called me, said, yeah, I think I should have listened to you, because uh, our leaders don't know what they're doing, the groups are disbanding, we don't, we don't know what's going on. And I said, well, let, you know, let me do some training, let me come back around with you guys and do some training. And then it never happened, and then they, he quit returning my phone calls, and they went, they went away. And I was so sad, I was like, gosh, God was trying to do something here, uh, we had an opportunity, but I, but I remember things like that, because it's so true. That DNA, that was not our DNA. That's not who we are. We're not a program. We're not a mass-producing program. And, and people don't understand. They misunderstand that sometimes. They yeah. think you're, you must not be very ambitious or something. And we're like, no, no. We just want to do it the way Jesus. Well, it happened with Franco. He shared that in his podcast out in, uh, out in uh, Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. About his church was really excited. And they wanted to go full speed. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and sure enough, they got discouraged because they didn't stay true to the DNA. And, uh, but he did, and his, his group was fantastic, where the other groups in there were not. And, uh, and so he stayed with it, and eventually he shares that the pastors that were started coming back to him and said, well, okay, uh, we, we know that you're, we were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's back on track. But we have these living examples all the time that God is just saying, if you stay true to what I've inspired, and, and I look at this as the third person. I don't look at it as the one man, okay? I'm looking at it as what he's saying, what he did, and he's saying protect it. Yeah, I, there was a uh, Henry Gutierrez, and I, I'll try to work in an impression of Henry in a minute for the ladies that like my Henry Gutierrez impressions. But um, uh, no, uh, he was uh, he wanted to start it because Ron Froelich is a guy from his church, told me, and he finally was convinced to do it. So he let me do one training call with his leaders, and uh, but I could tell he's like, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. we got it, you know, and uh, and and I could tell he, you know, he was not paying attention, and. Uh, so they just started on, and they were struggling, and uh, I ended up starting a virtual group, and I invited Henry to join my virtual group, and he, he decided it was probably better for him to go through it, you know. So he, he reset all his groups. He said, we're going to start over, and they waited about two months after he started going through mine and lagged behind. Well, then he started seeing really what this is. And he started understanding it. But it takes a, a humble pastor to do something like that. But we have found that if pastors will just go through it, it's amazing. Um, it's so much better. If they go through it with people not from their church and just let them work on their abiding relationship, then the beautiful things happen out of that. So Let me speak to one thing about that. And this is actually what uh, 
the Lord spoke to me years ago before I started the, this part I play. And, um, and it was this, uh, give it your best effort and, and build what a man can build. But let God build it and he'll build what he can build. And so in the early stages, I, I began to say, I'm going to operate with personal abandonment and absolute trust on this. I'm a businessman. I know how to organize. I know how to, I know how to sell something, and I know how to manipulate, okay? Uh, I can get it done, I thought. And then God began showing me, you really can't get it done like I want it. Will you empty yourself, and will you be an empty vessel and allow me to... Uh, do what I can do through you, and um, and that what that means is that you got to take your hands off the wheel. I think Carrie Underwood had it right. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Many times I said, Jesus, take the wheel, and and He does. And you see, here's the thing about it. I think that we 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 look at these things in Scripture and we see what happened back in the first century, and we think what a great history lesson that was. What a great study it is. Boy, wouldn't it be great? It, it doesn't have to be. Wouldn't it be great? It is great. But we've got to apply the same trust and faith and dependence that they did. And they were fresh on it, man. They 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 knew that it was all the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on them. And I realized I want to be a part of something the Spirit's going to build. But to do that, you've, you've got to get out of the way. And again, that's just part of DNA there. Well, we're going to wrap this part up. And then this afternoon, we're going to have some equipping seminars where we're going to be talking about some of these things. But, but in, instead of us doing all the talking, you're going to be able to ask questions. And we've got some panelists who under, we think understand some of these components, and you'll be able to ask questions, and, and women and men on the panel, so you'll get some unique perspectives. So looking forward to that this afternoon. The last thing I want to say, though, is this, as far as expansion goes. If we had not had this DNA, if we had not followed this DNA of being spirit-led and, and let everything come out of prayer and abiding, we wouldn't have the women's ministry. We wouldn't have couples going through it. We wouldn't have inmates going through it. We wouldn't have youth going through it you know it's that it's that beautiful thing of just trusting him that he stretched us and taken us places we never would have thought I mean um, I love it uh, my my sister Gina Fransky's here and we were doing a guide mentoring and she said she goes I'm really bad about making people's minds up for them when I'm recruiting a journey book a journey group I'm like I'll say oh they would never do it oh they're too busy whatever and I'm gonna quit making up their mind for them I'm gonna trust if God's putting it in my mind I'm gonna trust it and invite them and uh, and that's what we've tried to do is just trust him in all these things again that was a clip from a talk at the women's leadership summit a few weeks ago and uh, find them on our website or also anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find these messages as well so anyway and uh, be sure you go to our website there's lots of good resources on there and uh, and that's the way you can stay in contact with us as well so anyway you've been listening to the influencers network podcast i'm your host brian craig encouraging you to abide in christ and go make disciples god bless you
Christmas.